don't worry, I got the note right here. Nehemiah chapter number four. Um, we um, we started this. Uh, we started this last week or two weeks ago, and then um, had a great week last week. And the kids came back from camp, hearing their testimonies and and just uh, all the all the great things God done with them there. And uh, so so this week we're going to be we're going to finish this thing, uh, Lord willing, in Nehemiah chapter number four, and. Um, we're uh, we've been we we talked a lot about uh, about discouragement. We'll read some verses uh, in Nehemiah here in just a minute. We talked about discouragement, and uh, and and I made this statement. And and there's there's three that we went over a couple of weeks ago. We'll go over three more uh, principles out of Nehemiah four. Uh, but we talked about discouragement. And, you know, we we throw that word around a lot. And um, but but really. Uh, discouragement is not something we just talk about. It's a real thing, especially in the ministry, uh, especially in doing the ministry. And why? Well, because the work can be very discouraging at times. Uh, that's why the Apostle Paul told the church in, in Galatia not to be weary in well-doing uh, because there is an aspect of, of getting weary in the midst of well-doing. That's why he said be steadfast unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Why? Well, because there is times when you don't want to be steadfast and you don't want to be unmovable and you don't want to always be abounding in the work of the Lord. But that's what God's called us to. Why? Well, because God wants us to make disciples, right? That's what God's called us to do is, is make disciples. And, and here we are. We're busy. Uh, we're trying to raise families. We're trying to make marriages work. We're trying to... Uh, you know, if you're in my case, you're trying to build a stupid house that uh, <laughs> just seems like it's taking forever. I mean, I mean, and here's the deal: the mission takes work, and it takes a lot of work. It takes consistency. It it takes vision. It takes a heart that's set uh, not to pleasing yourself, but pleasing the Lord. Uh, most of most of the mission is forfeited when we decide we want to please ourselves rather than please the Lord. And the threat of quitting isn't just a thought for most people. The threat of quitting is, is a reality. There's a reality that, that there's been a lot of people that's just gone. They just left. They just quit. And, 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 and when, we come from, when we come to Nehemiah chapter number 4, uh, you run into Nehemiah dealing with discouragement. You run into Nehemiah dealing with opposition. and uh, The people that Nehemiah that is working with Nehemiah, you, you run into threats and you run into heartache and and right in the middle of doing what God has called them to do, they are in the middle of opposition, and they're in the middle of discouragement, they're in the middle of, of, of threats, conspiracy, heartache. I, I mean, the whole thing. They're tired, they're wore out, they are weary. They, they just can't, they feel like they can't go any further. And I don't know if you've ever been there or not, but I have been to the place to where I felt like I have gone as far as I can go. Like it's it, it's it's rough, and, and and if you've never been there, uh, just keep living. There will be a time. There will be a time to where you feel like, man, I, I I'm tired. I'm wore out. I don't know how much more of this I can do. But but I want you to I want you to know this and get this in your spirit. God's work is going to have opposition to it. The work of the Lord is going to have discouragement coupled with it. The work of the Lord is going to have criticism that comes along with it. 
and how we deal with the criticism, how we deal with the discouragement, how we deal with the, uh, uh, with the opposition, that's kind of what I want to talk about. I want to take the rest of our time here today, and I want to talk about, I want to talk about that, whole, uh, that whole idea. How do we deal with that kind of, how do we deal with opposition? How do we deal with threats? How do we deal uh, with discouragement? How do we deal with all that? And, and make sure that, that we're dealing with it the right way. Now, uh, the main agents of this discouragement in Nehemiah chapter number 4 came, uh, they, they primarily came from three men, Sanballat, Tobiah, and Geshem. Um, these three men, they were, they were all regional governors and, and they're serving under the king of Persia. And, and what, what's really interesting is, is, if you know anything about Nehemiah, Nehemiah has got a burden, and we're going to look at that this morning in Nehemiah 1 here in a little bit, so you'll need a Bible, a phone, because it's not on the screen, but uh, I did that a little bit later. But but what what you need to know about Nehemiah is Nehemiah gets a burden uh, for the for the for the uh, for Jerusalem to be rebuilt. Uh, it, it's it's sat in 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 waste for like a hundred and fifty years. It's been destroyed, and now Nehemiah has a burden to come back in and rebuild the thing that was destroyed so that it can now be inhabited again. And, and the theme, kind of the theme of the entire book of Nehemiah is that we, we want to rebuild the walls so that God can rebuild the people. We need to rebuild the walls so that God can rebuild the people. And, and so that was the whole idea with Nehemiah. Let's rebuild the walls and let's get this, this place functioning in some kind of way and inhabit this place so that so that God can bless it again, so that God can work and that God can move. Um, I want to give you a couple of things that I've already given you, but but I want I want you to make sure there's some key points in this whole deal that you need to get. Nehemiah is not just a descriptive uh, book, but it is a prescriptive book. It's not just descriptive. It doesn't just describe things, but it actually has things that, that pertain to your life. Uh, and then I already mentioned this, it's always been about rebuilding the walls so that God could rebuild the people. And then uh, and, and the last one, any great work of God begins with God doing a great work in somebody. Now, uh, some, some, some people have a hard time with that uh, because, um, because it's a fact that, that God uses some people and God doesn't use other people. There's vessels of honor and there's vessels of dishonor. If you want to hear some, uh, the last two Wednesday nights have been a real blessing to me in Philippians. If you want to go back and listen to some of that, and it's, it's purely based on my, my, my findings and fellowship within Greater Hope Baptist Church and what, what we are and what we've been and how encouraged I am by just the fellowship that I get with the people here at this church. But, but it's interesting that any great work that God does begins in God, with God doing a great work in a person, in somebody. It, it's got, the, work, it, the work just doesn't happen. It's got to be done individually within a person. And so that, that's, a, that's, that's a big deal that you need to identify in your own life. Um, there's oftentimes there's unhealthy or unrealistic expectations in our lives involved in God's work. I, I, I dealt with a person uh, for, I don't know, several months that had unrealistic and, and even unhealthy 
ideologies behind the discipleship ministry here at this church. They were unhealthy because uh, they, they were put so high, the standard was so high, that everything that you shot at, if it didn't meet the standard, was a total failure. And, and I want to say, there's going to be failures in the Lord's work. Why? Because there are going to be, there's people wrapped in robes of flesh that are involved in the Lord's work, and they will fail. Why? And that's why God said, don't, don't put your confidence in man. The arm of the flesh will fail you. And so, so we've got we've to make sure we un, uh, identify any unhealthy or unrealistic expectations. Um, and, and then, and then we, we can kind of see when we get through here, you'll kind of see where you're able to identify you as a person have, having had put your own, your own hope, like your own confidence. Where's your own confidence at? Where's your own hope? Where do you seek comfort from? And then uh, maybe we'll, we'll equip each other and uh, we'll equip us and, and to help each other in the middle of very difficult times. You know, the only, only person outside the Holy Ghost of God that's ever going to help us make it through really difficult times is ourselves, like each other. Like, like when, when you go back and look at the letters Paul wrote, uh, when you go back and look at the letters Paul wrote, to the churches, he wrote them to the to the saints. He wrote them to a collective group of people, and that collective group of people was supposed to be in this thing together. And that's what Paul's understanding was: Hey, look, look, you guys are in this together. You need to be in it together. Get in it all the way together. And so, so how many of you understand? There's been a lot of times in your life it hadn't been for somebody else in this church that you might not be here today. You might not be here today. And so I, I hope that we can, we can kind of work through some of that. Um, last week, two weeks ago, we, we dealt with the first point, understand the critical will attack. We looked at verses 1 through 3, understand that the critical, the critical will attack. The, the critical are, are, are going to attack, and they're going to attack you personally. They're going to attack you personally. Uh, they, they go down through here, and, and, and they just throw all kinds of stuff out at Nehemiah and the people that's working and they ask all kinds of questions. They, they even go as far to say, you know, if a, if a fox go up on this thing, it's going to fall down. I mean, they're, they're ridiculing everything. They're taking what they had worked so hard for and so hard on, and not in their own name, but in God's name, in the name of God. They worked and did this for God's glory. But the critics, the critics would say, even if a fox go up, it'll break it down. And, and, and listen, that's the way your critics are. That's the way my critics are. That's the way the world criticizes the church. Listen, that's the way carnal people criticize the church. Carnal people that leave here want nothing more. They, they don't want success. Why? Well, because they decided they didn't want to be part of it in their carnality. And they wouldn't like for it to succeed at the hand of God. And so what happens is it wasn't it was I'm not going to be involved. So so even if a fox go up, man, that thing will fall. And so they they criticized. And uh, then, then uh, verse four and five, we looked at this principle. The spiritual leader spent time in prayer. The spiritual leader spent time in prayer. First thing Nehemiah did was go to God. He he went to God and and, and he said, For we are despised. 
People are despising us, Lord, in verse number 4. And so, uh, so, so he, he didn't make sure, I, I wrote this down, uh, he, he, didn't, he didn't fight the battle, he asked God to fight it for him. That's what he did. He asked God uh, to fight the battle for him. And then uh, the, the last one we looked at was the spiritual servant doesn't quit. The spiritual servant doesn't quit. Said in verse 6, he said the people had a mind to work. That the people had a mind to work. And, and why is that such a big deal? Well, they didn't let criticism get to them. Uh, they, they, did, they had the right focus. They had the right mindset. And, and they continued in the mission of, of building the wall. And, and so we stopped with that. A uh, couple of weeks ago, and and what what you would say if we was to end on that point three, you might would say everything should be all good in the hood now, like everything should be well, everything should be all right. We finished on the spiritual servant does not quit. Everything should be right, right? I mean that that should be it. All right, let's stop right there, cut. Let's do something else. The spiritual servant. Shouldn't quit. All right, look, the servant doesn't quit. Yeah, praise the Lord. And we could all shout right there, and that will make a real good end to the story, right? This would be the, the optimal Disney movie story right here, all right? This would be the ending. But I want you to understand something. That is not the case. Just because you decide not to quit, just because you decide, hey, I'm following Jesus I, I'm, I'm forgetting the things that are behind and I'm pressing forward under the mark. Hey, look, I'm not, I'm not going to it just because you decide not to quit doesn't mean that something else ain't going to come. Look with me in verse number 7 is where we're going to take our reading from this morning. Uh, verse, number, verse number 7. Uh, but it came to pass that when Samballot and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were made up and that, they, and that the breaches began to be stopped. Then they were very wroth. Now, uh, the walls are, are almost finished. These, this word breaches is the, the holes that were, that were in the wall that they had to patch. They're almost done. Verse 8, and conspired all of them together to come and to fight against it and to hinder it. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and set a watch against them day and night. And Judah said, The strength of the burden bearers is decayed. There is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversary said, They shall know it, neither see, uh, they shall, uh, shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them, and caused the work to cease. And it came to pass that when the Jews which dwelt by them came, they said unto, uh, they said unto us ten times from all places whence you shall return unto us, they will be upon you. Therefore I sat in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places I, uh, I even set the people after their families with their swords and their spears and their bows. Let's pray. Lord, uh, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the singing. Thank you for our time of worship. God, I pray that you bless it. I pray, God, that you're honored by it. I pray this morning, God, that you help us, uh, Lord, to be encouraged. 
Lord, we, we live in a world that seems like it's completely opposed to everything that we're trying to do. And God, we, we know that the prince of the power of the air is opposed to it. and We know his influence is deep. And so God, we pray that you bind the powers of Satan that would even be brung in amongst ourselves. God, I, I pray that you bless what's said. I pray that you bless what's done and we're encouraged by it. Lord, I pray uh, for children's church this morning. I pray, God, as they learn and, and, Lord, their minds are formed around the word of God. Lord, that you bury it deep within their hearts. Lord, bless us and, and Lord, help to, to use this time to further our ideas and, and how, we shape, how we've shaped our thoughts around what the mission is and, and how important it is. In Jesus' name, amen. I want you to look number, uh, at number four. Um, having a mind to work does not exempt you from conspiring attacks from the enemy. Having a mind to work does not exempt you from conspiring attacks from the enemy. Verse number seven, it said, But it came to pass when Sambala and Tobiah and the Arabians and the Ammonites and the Ashdodites, and, and, and might I say all of these people are vehemently against the Lord. When they heard the walls of Jerusalem were made up, and the breaches began to be stopped, they were very wroth, and conspired all of them to come and to fight against it, uh, to fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. Now, now, now make sure you know, you see how this works. They went from mocking the Jew. From mocking the Jews to a conspiracy of an attack. They conspired to attack the Jews. They, they, they went from ridiculing, they went from attacking them personally, they went through the mocking, they went through all of the bullying that they could throw on them. And, and, and I'll, I'll say this, if you make it through the mocking, you'll have to endure the conspiracy. If you make it through the mocking, and I'll say there's a lot of people that don't make it through the mocking. There's a lot of people that, that, that their skin is so thin that they can't handle the ridicule. They can't handle uh, being, being talked about. They can't handle being, well, if a fox goes, well, listen, that whole system that you are, are a part of, that whole system that you worship, it falls down. Real, it, they make out like, like what we do could fall at the drop of a hat. I, 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 I'm, I'm listening to, I was listening to uh, a podcast the other day in uh, Joe Rogan. And I'm not advocating you go listen to Joe Rogan, by the way. But it is a really intriguing thing that, that Joe Rogan is so interested in Christians these days, so it's just not even funny. He wants to know every single intricate detail of how they came to Christ. Like he, he, he says, so tell me, how exactly did that happen? And if they don't tell him what he wants to hear, no, I want to know what happened, how it happened, and why it happened. Can, can you tell me that? And he wants to know, I, I, was, I kept listening, and, 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 and even Joe is of the notion that there is actually only 6,000 years of human history on this planet. Even, even Job. And he says it's weird. That's what the Bible says. 
He said, you know, there, there's actually, that, that, that after all these studies, that they believe that there, that, the, that there has been some kind of catastrophic flood that happened on this earth at one time. That everything that we see now is in a different place than it was at one time. And, and you know what? Joe said, hey, you know what's weird? The Bible said the same thing. And Joe's just going on, and he's talking about all this stuff, and he's trying his best to convince himself that it isn't real. And what he don't even realize is he's propping up what I believe with a bunch of carnal people. Like, I already believed in the flood, right? I already believed that Adam and Eve were the first humans on this planet. Even Joe's like, you know, I think there was another civilization before this. Well, yeah. I kind of do too. That's not for here. But it just so happens that flood had something to do with that civilization. But if you make it through the ridicule of being who you are, I mean, if you make it through the ridicule of, of going to a church that believes that there is a final authority and that it's not housed in some, in, in some cave where, where, where we all found the original copies at that are pretty much null and void anyway. Like, like if, you, if, you, if you go to a church that says we have a final authority and we believe that God has preserved our final authority from, for us and, and this is what we believe about, if you, and, and we believe every word of God, we believe every word of God is, is their own purpose for a purpose. If you believe that, you're, you're going to suffer ridicule. You're just going to. But if you make it through that, if you make it through all that, you're gonna you're gonna see a, you're gonna see a conspiracy come in your life. You're gonna you're gonna see somebody conspire in some way against you to cause you harm, uh, to cause you harm or or for an evil purpose. So so, so there's usually three three people or three groups. Of people that that will conspire against you. One is is lost people slash carnal people, because they both act the same. Lost people slash saved people that are walking in the flesh that look like lost people. Now it's not my determination to decide whether they're lost or saved. Amen. That's God's. But I have noticed that there will that that, that critics they will they will criticize you. But if that don't work, they're going to conspire against you. And when they conspire, it will be directed towards the things that they criticized you. They criticized you for Why? Because it bothers them. It bothered Sambala and Tobiah and Geshem. It bothered them that the walls were being built up. It bothered the Ammonites. It bothered the Ashdodites that the walls were being built up. Why? Because the people of God were going to gain some ground. You see, when, when, when most people, unless they know absolutely nothing about the faith, are bothered when you mess with their brand of Christianity. 
That's why it's good to get people that don't have a brand. That's why it's good to get lost people that don't have a brand of Christianity. And they don't know one. Why? Because they can come in here and they're like, oh, this place is, this place is cool. It's all right. But you get somebody that has a different brand or a different flavor, and, uh, you know, especially a lot of the flavors around here or a lot of the brands around here. You come in here and you, you see me in a pair of blue jeans and a, you know, a, a, praise the Lord, a Georgia shirt. And they're like, look, look what, what is this dude? And, 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 and then you put, a, you put him in a place and he says, oh, I believe God gave us every word on purpose for a purpose. Like you believe every word of the Bible? Yeah, we believe them all. Believe it or not, even the ones that are italicized. So, so what, what is that? Well, we, we, you get people that are going to be, that are gonna be cons, conspiring against you when you start messing with their brand of Christianity, I know you don't want to talk about. Because what happens is your words and your actions speak out against their brand. You don't even mean to sometimes. But, but, but you, you get called holier than thou. You, you get called, oh, you, you think you're something, but what, you're saying that my brand's wrong and your brand's right. No, I'm saying yours is a brand and mine's biblical. You say, you just think you're right about it. No, I, no, I, I got a feeling I'm going to get to heaven and there's going to be a whole lot of things that I figured out I wasn't right about. But you know what? Today, where I stand right now, if I thought I was wrong, I'd change. But they're going, to, they're going to criticize you. They're going to criticize you when, 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 when you're, here it is, when your family sees you doing something different, when your friends see you doing something different, and it goes, it goes completely against what they believe, about what they thought they believed. How many of you understand that a lot of people have beliefs based on what they believe? But they formulate their entire life based on what they believe. Their, their belief system in life is based on what they believe. And when you have a brand that doesn't actually have a personal relationship connected in there with it that has been formulated through God's Word that He has given us, well, then you're going to look weird. You're going to look different. I want you to see this in Nehemiah's life. Go, go flip back a couple of chapters. Nehemiah chapter number 1. Three chapters. Go back to chapter number one. It, it's not on there, bro. I've been pulling that out on y'all lately. I'm liking it too. Dylan done it one time, and I was like, I think I like that. He's like, Dylan's like, I was listening, I wasn't here, and, and Dylan's like, hey, we're going to use our Bibles today. I'm like, man, that's a really good idea. We should probably start using our Bibles more. <clears throat> Nehemiah chapter number 1. And they said unto me, the remnant that are left of the captivity there in the province are in great affliction and reproach. 
The wall of Jerusalem also is broken down, and the gates thereof are burned with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven and said, I beseech thee, O Lord God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for, uh, for them that love him and observe his commandments. Let thine ear uh, now be attentive and thine eyes be open that thou mayest hear the prayer of thy servant which I pray before thee, de- uh, pray before thee now day and night for the children of Israel, thy servants, and, uh, and confess the sins of the children of Israel which we have sinned against thee, both I and my father's house. We have dealt, uh, dealt very corruptly against thee and have not kept thy commandments nor thy statutes uh, nor the statues, nor the judgments, which thou commandest thy servant Moses. Remember, I beseech thee the word that thou commandest thy servant Mo- Moses, saying, now, now listen, listen to what's supposed to be said. He's reminding God of what he told Moses. If you transgress, I will scatter you abroad amongst the nations, which is what happened. This is what happened. They were scattered. Verse 9, but if ye turn, but if ye turn unto me and keep my commandments and do them, though they were, uh, though they were of you cast out unto the uttermost, parts, uh, uttermost part of the heaven, yet will I gather them from thence and bring them unto the, uh, unto the place that I have chosen to set my name there. Now these, uh, these are the, uh, thy servants and thy people whom... Ha- whom uh, whom thou hast redeemed by thy great power and by thy strong hand. Um, Verse 11, O Lord, I beseech thee, let now thine ear be attentive to the prayer of thy servant uh, and to the prayer of thy servants who desire to fear thy name and prosper. I pray thee, thy servant this day, and grant him mercy in the sight of this man, for I was the king's cupbearer. Now there's a couple things that need to be said. Uh, that need to be understood. All of Nehemiah chapter number 1 is about a burden on the heart of Nehemiah. And what what you've got to realize is Nehemiah's burden is what caused all of his issues. You want to know how you don't get criticized? Don't do anything. You want to know how you're not ridiculed? Do nothing. Go with the flow. Go like the world goes. Go with it. Uh, you you want to know how they're not going to talk about you? Just don't do nothing. Just don't say nothing. Just don't speak up. Just don't be a, just don't be a voice. Why? Because the voice that don't speak don't get ridiculed. And this is Nehemiah's deal. Nehemiah's getting ridiculed because of his burden. And I want you to make sure you understand something. What Nehemiah was doing was worth the ridicule and worth the criticism because it was his burden to start with. People that don't handle ridicule and don't handle the criticism and can't handle the bullying that that the world puts out and the the devil puts out, listen, most of the reason they can't handle it because they didn't have a burden to start with. Most of the reason is they didn't have a burden to start with. It could have been fleshly. Could have been just carnal. Could have been uh, the. It could have been they were serving their own bellies. Is what Paul says. 
Could have been that they were just so engulfed in who they were that they felt like this is a good thing. But how many understand? Good things and God things are two different things. If you want to do a God thing, you've got to have a burden for it. You can't just jump in. You've got to have a burden to do it. And this is what Nehemiah had. He had a burden. His burden caused all of his issues. In, in, uh, then, then I looked at the second group, the devil. Um, the second group that will, when your people, the lost world slash carnal people, they'll, they'll, they'll come at you. you know, the devil will come at you. Uh, Revelation 12 and verse 10, and you, you don't have to turn there, but the Bible says uh, that he is, in Revelation 12 and verse 10, he's the accuser of the, of the brethren. That he is the accuser. That, that, that he accused, uh, which accused them before God day and night. That Satan himself accuse, accuses the brethren before God day and night. And you're, you're going to face Satan if you ever do anything. And, and then the biggest one that most of us can't figure out how to get over is ourselves. Man, I, I, don't, have a, <laughs> I don't have a real big problem blocking some people out, like most people out. I just... Maybe it, maybe it was a gift of my raising. I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes you just got to roll with the punches. It's just one thing. Yeah, okay, whatever. You got to keep going, right? But you know, myself, I can't seem to get away from that dude. Every time I turn around, he's always there saying stuff. Proverbs 23 and verse 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And, 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 and so here I am. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to do that Romans 7 deal where I'm trying to get away from the dude that's doing the carnal things. The flesh. Romans 6, neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness. Remember, you're going to have to figure out where your identity is. Where is, where is your identity? And, and, and one, of the greatest, one of the greatest things you'll ever come to grips with is being comfortable in your own skin, knowing whose you are and what your purpose is in life. Once you get there, once you get, you're like, oh man, it's almost game over. Like nobody can pull you off of that. You know what your purpose is. You know what God's give you to do. Give you to do. You hey, look, you're comfortable with the smarts that you have. You're comfortable with the with uh, with, with the common sense that you have. You're com you're like okay, I know what God's got to do. God's got to work in this area, or I'm not going to be able to do this. You're comfortable with the fact that hey, I don't like speaking in front of people. So if God don't empower me, I can't speak to people. I'm not comfortable witnessing to people. So if God doesn't empower my witnessing, guess what? The Holy Ghost doesn't infuse my witnessing. Guess what? I'm not going to be a good witness. And so we got to be careful. We got we got to make sure we identify and, and keep our identity set in Christ. And, and uh, it, so 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 we deal with this. If you make it through the mocking, uh, you're you're going to have to endure the conspiracy. Uh, why? Why? Well, because. Remember, it's always been about rebuilding the walls so that God could rebuild the people. If the walls are rebuilt, God can do a work in people. 
If the, if the structural system is back in place, the place where God has set his name, if it's back in place, then God can rebuild the people. And if the enemy can stop us from rebuilding the walls, he will stop us. If he can stop us from creating a, a system, a structurized foundational system here at this church, a place to where, hey, you know what, we, we can take people through this, through through, through the Word of God. We can take them through the process of seeing what the Word of God says. And look, we can rebuild people. If, if, if Satan can keep us from doing that, he'll keep us from rebuilding people. Look, look at verse number, number 8. And conspired all of them together to come and fight against uh, Jerusalem and to hinder it. The strategy was, if we conspire, it'll hinder the work. Now, how many of you understand what a... How many of you... Claire, where's Claire? Claire downstairs? Dang. Uh, Claire is the optimal conspiracy uh, theorist in our house. She knows way more than, than I ever thought she knew. And uh, it's, it's, it's a little bit disturbing. Uh, but she can handle it. Uh, she's like, oh, yeah, I already knew that. <laughs> I mean, they're, yeah, she's got, she's got some crazy stuff going on in that noggin. <clears throat> but how many of you understand that a conspiracy, that a conspiracy is just that? They conspired an attack. What, what, are, you, what are you saying? All they were doing was talking so that the Jews would hear so that the work would be hindered. Here, here's, here's what I've realized. That a lot of times it, all it takes is somebody talking in our lives and it paralyzes us. Keeps us from doing anything. Like, like it, it's a strategy that, that Satan uses, no doubt. But, but the threat, the threat was in the talk. All it was was a threat. There was actually no violence that had, been, that had happened yet. There was no bloodshed. There was nothing that happened yet. And, and, and here's what happens. All they were doing was trying to slow down the work. All they were doing was trying to hinder the work. And most of the time, if, God, if, if, if Satan, if people, if ourselves gets to the place to where we're hindered in the work, there's an error to be made. There's an error to be made. And, and look at number five. Look at number five. Prayer, uh, pr prayer renounces our ability. Guarding ourselves shows our total inability. Prayer renounces our ability Guarding ourselves shows our total inability. Look at verse number 9. Nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. So, so we made our prayer unto God, comma, and we set a watch against them day and night because of them. Now those sound like two contradictory statements, but, but they're not. But they're not. He said, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God. All this stuff happened in verse number 8. They, they conspired to come, uh, all of them... Uh, together to come and fight against Jerusalem and to hinder it. 
And in verse 9, nevertheless, nevertheless, we made our prayer unto God and we set a watch against them day and night because of them. Uh, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, Jesus says it like this, Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. Nothing would stop them from depending on God through prayer at this moment. Nothing would keep them from calling out on the Lord in prayer at this moment. They, they could have given up, and, 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 and here it is, they might have given up, but believing that God was hearing and answering their prayer, they had trust and they had faith in God. And God allowed, make sure, make sure you hear, God allowed the, ta- the attacks and the conspiracies to go on even though he could have instantly swept them away. What are you saying? God is delighted when me and you draw closer to Jesus Christ through prayer. We build this, we build this trust. We understand that God's work is perfect and it's worth praying for and that it's worth seeking the Lord for and that it's worth building walls so that God can build his people. So we make our prayer unto God. But, but not only that, we set a watch. We set a watch. When, when, we, see, when we see an area of our, of our, of our life that needs a, a special attention. And you know what I'm talking about. It isn't enough to pray. When you see your life needs special attention in a certain area. It isn't enough to pray. Well, that's a big, bad, bold statement. What do we need to do? You need to set a watch. You need to set a watch. Why? Watch and pray. Remember what he said, watch and pray that you enter not in temptation. The spirit, the spirit inside of you, your spirit, it is indeed willing. But your flesh, that junk's weak, man. It's one of them deals. If you have an issue with sin and you, are, you have yielded your members as instruments of unrighteousness, that, that fleshly body, you're saved. You've been sealed by the Spirit of God. Your soul and your spirit are now cut away from the flesh. It's been sealed under the day of redemption. You now have this robe of flesh, and you have to decide whether or not you are going to yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness or righteousness. Now, now here's what I will say. If the pattern of your life is unrighteousness and you get saved and, and you are saved, we'll say you are saved, and the pattern of your life is unrighteousness and that's a constant pattern in your life, you know what needs to happen? You need to pray. You need to pray about that. But you know what else you need? You need to set a watch. You need to set some boundaries. You need to set some things in place. Why? Because your spirit is indeed willing because the, in Romans 7, Paul said, man, the things I, do, I, I don't do, I, I, I want to do, I don't do, things I do do, I don't, I, does that make sense? So, so you've got to set a watch 
and you have to pray. You have to pray and you have to set a watch. The two go hand in hand. Look what, look what Peter said, 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 8, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You've you, you got to be sober and you've got to be vigilant in those areas. Why? Because the devil doesn't need the door open, he needs it cracked. And he don't need it cracked all day. He only needs it cracked a minute. He only needs it cracked a second. I know, I know this is going to maybe go against the grain of what you've always... Well, we just need to pray about it. How long are you going to pray about those things you've been struggling with? Your prayers do not replace your actions. Do you understand that? Your prayers do not replace your actions. What your prayers do is they make our actions effective. Our prayers do not replace action. Our prayers make our actions effective for the work of the Lord. I can't just pray about not doing something and then hope I just don't do it no more. It just don't work like that. But my prayer does embolden and empower my action for my feet not to go the same places that they've always went. Does that make sense? For my eyes not to go the same places they've always been. For my hands and my, my mind not to go the same places that they've always been. Not only that, he said we, we, we set a watch. We set a watch against them day and night. 24 hours a day, we set a watch against them. Now, now what, 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 what would that say? Well, I, I believe it sent a message to God. I believe it sent a message to God that said, we're committed to this work. You say, well, that ain't much faith in God. Or is it? it? Does it send the message to God that says, I'm committed, Lord. I am committed to making sure that my flesh doesn't mess the work up. I'm committed to making sure that this is going to succeed. I'm committed. Why? Because you are with me and you have enabled me to overcome every single obstacle in my life. And, and God, I'm going to set a watch day and night. Not only that, but it sent a message to the enemies. It sent a message to the enemies and it said, man, you're, you're, you're not going to succeed. You don't win. God's work is going to happen and, 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 and you've got to be stopped and you don't win in this thing. I'm going to sacrifice to make sure that I've set a watch. So what does that mean? It means long days. It means sleepless nights. It doesn't matter. Why? Because we're telling the enemy that we understand that the work is greater and so we said, watch day and night. I would say that, that there has to be a place to where we get back to where our words, they mean something. 
Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say our word in prayer? Wouldn't you say it needs to mean something? Wouldn't you, wouldn't you say that it, it didn't need to be mere words that flew out into the air with wings that never come back and never got anywhere? Wouldn't you say that, that my prayer needed to God use me, but, but God, I'm, I'm expecting to be used by something falling out of the sky and using me? Or is it God use me? I'm, I know you're going to, so I'm going to do this. And then number six. The opposition people face on the outside can, can often lead to an inner opposition. <clears throat> Look in verse number 10. The Bible says, And Judah said, The strength of the burden bearers, uh, excuse me, of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. Now I want you to see that this is, this verse 10, what's being said is we're tired from extracting all of, all of the rubbish. We're, we're wore out. We're, we're tired from building this thing. We're tired from moving away all the, all the old stuff. And, and I, I, want, I want you to apply this verse number 10 like this. Sometimes the hardest work you'll ever do is getting rid of a system. Getting rid of a set of beliefs and ideologies that are not fundamental truths of the Bible. Sometimes it's harder to extract your old ways and your old thoughts and your old, your old foundations than it ever will be to build new ones. Man, it's, it's actually easier to build new stuff than it is to tear down and, and take away the stuff that you've just, you've just already planted in there. This is where they are. The strength of the bearers of burdens is decay, and there's much of it. So all, all of the, all, this thing is, is laid in ruins for years. And this certain, the bearers of burdens, they have been moving the walls and they have been, they've been moving parts of the walls that was torn down and, and they're just tired and they're wore out and they can't keep going. And sometimes what you'll see happen is the opposition that you are going to face, and this, for instance, you're going to face in discipleship is this is too hard. I'm never going to be able to do this. Like, well, that ain't what I, that ain't what I, that ain't what I have uh, believed uh, for, for years. Uh, man, I, I can't believe you're asking me to do this. I, I can't believe you're asking me to memorize the Bible verses. You know, I, and look, I mean, I, I know a bunch of songs too, but man, it, it, it's, it's crazy that we can... Know every song. Look, I'm, I'm the dude that knew every song. Like, it didn't take me no time to learn songs in, in church. But it's crazy how we can learn songs over and over, and even carnal, worldly songs. And, and yet, man, we complain about learning a Bible verse. What happens is we look and we see, man, all the stuff that we got to do. And it's interesting that it was Judah. 
It's interesting it was Judah because Judah was supposed to be the strongest and the bravest tribe of them all. It, it, it was Judah uh, that, that, that was the tribe of all the great kings and ultimately the Messiah would come from the line of Judah. And it's interesting that the discouragement had fell so thick on the tribe of Judah that Judah come up and said, man, we can't do anymore. The strength of the burden bears, uh, the bears of burden is decayed. It's almost done. The work's almost finished. It's almost done. But we're too tired to finish. There's much rubbish. There's too much in the way. There's too much. This place has been, has been laying here for 100, 150 years. There's too much that has accumulated. And, and we, we, we can't. We can't do this because we've got too much to get away to be able to rebuild something. I want you to look at in the in the verse fourteen. <clears throat> Going down to verse fourteen. Actually. Actually, verse 13. Therefore said I in the lower places behind the wall, and on the higher places, I even set the people after their families with their swords and their spears, excuse me, their spears and their bows. And I looked and rose up and said unto the nobles and all, to all the rulers, and to the rest of the people, be not ye afraid of them. For remember the Lord, which is great and terrible. And fight for your brethren, your sons, and your daughters, your wives, and your houses. And it came to pass, when our enemies had heard that it was known unto us, that God had brought their counsel to naught. That we returned all of us to the wall. Every one to his work, unto his work. It came to pass from that time forth that half of my servants wrought in the work and the other half of them held both the spears and the swords and the bows and the habergons. And I don't know what that is, but that sounds like a cool weapon. And the rulers were behind all the house of Judah the ones that got so tired. Now the rulers are behind all the house of Judah. They which build it on the wall. And they that are bear, uh, and they that bear burdens with those that laid it. Everyone, uh, every, everyone with one hand, with one of his hands wrought in the work. And with the other hand held the weapon. For the builders. Everyone had his sword girded by his side and so built it. He that sounded the trumpet was by me. And I said unto the nobles and to the rulers and to the rest of the people, the work is great and large. We are separated upon the wall one far from, the, from another. In what place, therefore, ye hear the sound of the trumpet 
resort ye thither unto us. Our God shall fight for us. So we labored in the work. Half of them held their spears from the rising of the morning till the stars appeared. Why is it such a big deal? the work was worth fighting for the work was worth fighting for and you need to see that you need to see that the work is worth fighting for you need to see that 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 you're gonna have all right if you're gonna work you're gonna have to fight for your family you're gonna have to fight for your kids you're going to have to fight for your wives. You're going to have to fight for your husbands. You're going to have to fight for the people around you. Listen, why? Because the work is worth it. We're going. Hey, listen. We 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 set. We put our weapon in one hand and we 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 work with the other. Why? Because we know what we've been called to do. Because we know we've been called to work. We know we've been called to the work of the Lord. We know we've been called to win people to Jesus Christ and to build them in their faith and to send them out to do the same. We know we've been given a mission and we've been given time to do it. And here, here's the deal. Nehemiah says, here's what we're going to do, boys. We're going to scatter out. We're going to scatter out across this, this wall. And we're going to work diligently. One's going to work, there's going to be people that are going to be fighting. There's going to be builders and they're going to, they're going to work with a sword girded on their side. Man, we're going to work one hand, one hand on a weapon and one hand is going to be in the midst of the work. But here's what's going to happen. When the enemy comes, I'm going to be right here beside the trumpet. And I'm going to tell him when to blow it. And when he blows the trumpet, I want all of you to gather back to the same spot. Why? Because God's going to fight I don't know. I don't know how much of that you can put together in your own mind. But we're not far. We're not far from the trumpet sounding in our own lives. We're not far. And man, I would hate. And I'd hate for anybody in this church not to be a part of the work because they were scared. You, you, this is what Nehemiah is saying. Don't worry about it. Here's what's going to happen. You, you just work and when you hear the trumpet you come this way. You know what's going to happen when you hear the trumpet? You're going to go that way. You're going to go that way. Why? Judgment seat of Christ is next. Judgment seat of Christ is next. And, and then what you did in the work, what you did and why you did it, God's going to lay it out for us. God's going to lay it out for us. And God's going to let us see what we built on this earth in the midst of the work. You say, man, I, like it's a big deal it is a big deal that you understand 
that the work is worth it. It's a big deal that you understand that, hey, you know what? what? What you think is not worth it. What I think is not worth it. I got my own preferences. I got my own tendencies. I got my own things in life. But, but I'm talking about the mission. I'm talking about what are we going to do with what God's give us in the little amount of time that He's given us to do it. I know God ain't in no hurry. But here's... Here's what I will say. We ought to consider our time very carefully. We ought to ask ourselves, man, what are we doing with a little bit that God's gave us? Maybe this morning, uh, there's some things in your life and, and you've gotten off the wall. You quit. You quit because you, you didn't make it through somebody ridiculing you. Man, you, you, you didn't know enough about the Bible to combat a dude that watched a YouTube video for 15 minutes on how to tell Christians they were wrong. <laughs> watched a YouTube video and, and here they are. Oh, I watched this. You're wrong. Oh, okay. And we don't know enough. No, we need to get a weapon in one hand. And we need to go work with the other. Don't let the opposition that you're facing in here cause you to one, just, just, just to say, or the, or out there, to cause opposition in here to get you off the wall. But then not only that, but to keep others from doing it. Man, you're accountable to whether others do it or not. You're accountable to whether others continue the work or not. Your attitude and your actions are going to resemble who you are on the inside. And if they're not assumed to the work, They'll cause others not to be the same. That's why, import, that's why it's important that our homes match up to what we say here. That's why it's important that we're beating the drum all the time at home. Just like we beat it here. We're beating the wind, building sin at home. Hey, it's our mission to bring God glory. We're not here for ourselves. With nobody up here singing. Nobody up here is playing for themselves. Nobody back there is doing anything for themselves. This is not ourselves. We're not here for ourselves. There's no hierarchy. Maybe we could just call the Lord as a group of saints that believe He's called us to do something way bigger than we can accomplish without it. You realize you can't do this by yourself? Man, we, at the end of the day, whether you believe it or not, we need each other. We need each other to do this thing. Maybe right where you are, let's just let's take some time. And I'm going to give you a minute. You want to come to the altar? You can. Brother Daniel, you want to sing uh, before I pray? You want, you, you want to take some time? Brother Daniel's going to sing softly. You want, to just, you want to just deal with the Lord however, whatever God's doing in your heart, you want, you want to deal with that? Uh, you, you, you go for that this morning. I carry the burden too long on my created to bear it alone. I hear your invitation to let it all go. I 
where all of our thoughts are, are in the right way. God, where our hearts are, are centered on, on pleasing you. That on our best day, without the Holy Spirit of God working in our lives. God, it's all pointless. God, it's all useless. God, I, I pray I pray, Lord, that we grow in the area of seeing our need for the Spirit of God to work. Lord, to move in our lives in such a way, God, to where the work matters more than anything does. God, would you bless this church. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in it. Thank you for the, for the generation of people that you're raising. Lord, I, I, I see another generation that's coming. Lord, that's on the horizon, God, that I'm praying serves the Lord with everything that they have in them. God, it won't be without the expense of their parents realizing that they need to see them serve the Lord with their whole heart and everything in them. Lord, I pray that you bless today. I pray, God, if there's somebody in this church that's lost, that's never came to saving faith in Jesus Christ, they've never experienced death and burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ they've never been born again I pray God Lord that they they would uh, they would see their need to be saved and God they'd come to a place Lord where they throw their pride aside and decide once and for all Lord I, I know I'm lost and I want to be saved thank you for the simplicity of the gospel Lord, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with mouth confession is made unto salvation. Lord, I thank you for you making it that simple. Lord, somebody in here is lost. Lord, I pray, God, that find me, Brother Dylan, Miss Tori, Miss Candace. Lord, somebody in the room, my wife, and to take them and show them how to be saved. Lord, I love you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name. All right. Well, what happens after I don't preach?